Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report, guys. Thanks for being here. It's um, crazy Monday. I hope you guys enjoyed our uh, our report on Saturday. So, look, I told you guys on Saturday, I think at the end of that show, that I was going to do a cannabis couch today. I really wanted to talk about it. Um, but I have to interrupt this regularly scheduled programming for a stock market crash. So I will address real quick some thoughts on cannabis before the close of this conversation. Um, But what I want to do is go over the stock market crash of 2020, because that's what we're living through, and tell you how we're handling it on our desk. So this is a show about quantum mental investing, quantum mental investing. It's a combination of quantitative execution and a fundamental foundation. And that's the information edge I'm providing to you. It's called the Armour Report. It stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. So everything we do here is driven by managing risk using algorithms. These are proprietary algorithms, code that I've written, code that um, we've written to help us understand market direction. And then from that flows all of our investment choices. The armor approach to investing is basically taking three quantitative steps before looking at your fundamental approach. And those three steps are, number one, the market. What's the market direction? We do that by using proprietary algorithms written on the top seven indexes that we think drive market direction. The four primaries are the NASDAQ, the S&P, the Dow, and uh, the small cap index, all the ETFs for those. And then secondary indexes are the momentum index, MTUM, the value index, VLUE, and the IBD50, FFTY. And that covers the whole market for us. Our risk monitor, which is a section of our website called the armorreport.com, A-R-M-R report.com. It's very simple. I've tried to take all of this um, discussions about quantitative analysis and quant systems and algorithms and package it in something easy for you to understand, okay? Because it can get kind of out there in the weeds most of the time. So this is very simple. When these algorithms give us a risk on opportunity, our risk monitor turns green. Just a green stop sign, a little light goes green. That tells you it's time to get aggressive, put capital to work, however you want to do it. If it goes yellow, it tells you you can put some capital to work, but make sure you're aware of your stops. Don't be too aggressive, this kind of thing. And if it goes red, it means risk off across the board, be defensive. Now, that means different things to different people. The information I share with you is information I use my own account and for investors I manage capital for through our interactive brokers affiliation. So I'm not telling you how to invest. I don't know you. Now, if you become an armor insider, which is the word I call for subscribers, you have the right to call me and talk to me and I'll coach you through it. 
I'll help you understand how to think about quantitative analysis and how it applies to your, your portfolio. But for the sake of just understanding direction, we told all you guys here on this channel, a lot of you guys, I know, I've known you for a while, you watched the show for a while, so you already know, the 24th of February, the Armour Report Risk Monitor said risk off. That was the first day of the market crash. We have an index-only portfolio. All it does is buy those seven indexes. Went to 100% cash on the first day of the market crash. So what do we do from here? What's happening on my desk right now? I'm going to walk you through that. Then we're going to talk about precious metals. Just a quick update on gold and silver. We'll discuss Gilead because we have to keep updating that story. I discussed with you risk management ideas on Saturday. Oops, the market crashed today. Stock's down, what, 5 6%. But there's still, my guess is you'll get a shot at your risk management opportunities that we talked about on Saturday. I'm not going to go over that again. For those of you who didn't see it, there's some different steps you could take <clears throat> to manage the success in that position. We're in that position in the 63-64 area. The stock was trading at 80 on Friday. So I went over Saturday a couple things you could do to protect some of those gains. And you'll get a shot again. And I'm going to round up with a little bit of the cannabis couch. I do want to talk about cannabis for a little bit because a market crash like this is putting these cannabis stocks at ridiculously cheap prices. It's beautiful. So I'm going to address that. So let's, let's jump into it. What are we doing on our desk right now? We've got a copious amount of cash. We went risk off the first day of the market crash. So we have four portfolios that Armour Report subscribers can look at. Conservative, balanced, aggressive, and index only. Index holding was 100% cash on the 24th. And then to varying degrees, the other three portfolios began raising cash over the next three or four days. We, we raised cash on the 24th. We sold some things that, that morning. or and not, I guess that was the end of the day. And then we, uh, we eased out of positions throughout the rest of the week. All of those prices are good. Right? Markets cratered since. Algorithms are not about being right at the top of the market and the bottom of the market. It's about getting the white meat. You're not gonna, I'm not going to call a bottom, I'm not going to call a top. But we will use stop losses to protect capital. And when you get risk off everywhere on the risk monitor, you better raise all your stops. So then if it fails, you're getting out booking your profits. Tons of cash. So what I'm literally doing on my desk right now is putting together a wish list of stocks that I want to own. How to invest when we come out of this. And we will come out of this. It's not Armageddon, guys. It's just another unbelievable opportunity to put money to work if you've got cash and you managed your risk correctly. People say to me, what about buying and holding? Hey, man, more power to you. If you can watch your portfolio drop 50% and then recover, drop 50% in six months and then recover over six years, good for you. Good for you. You go do that. I'm not willing to take that risk with my capital. And why should I? I got great opportunities. I can put money to work. 
By the way, guys, let's wrap up with a little Q&A. So if you've got any questions, you go write them right now, right, into that message board. I'll see them, and then we'll address them at the end if I haven't already covered them. Oh, yeah, don't forget, give me a thumbs up if you like what you're hearing. That helps me on YouTube, and you can always subscribe down here um, either to armorreport.com or this YouTube channel. Okay, um, so I'm putting things on my wish list. The number one thing on the wish list for me when I start putting money back to work will be the ETFs of the indexes. We will use the algorithms to do it. We will get quantitative execution entry points. And when we get risk on, we'll be putting money to work in those indexes. Those all seven of them. Now, I told you on Saturday that three of those indexes told us to put a little risk on Friday at the close. We did. Market cratered. It's okay. We're not selling at the open. We'll see where we are at some point today. We might get out of those positions. That's okay. I also told you Saturday that I expect that algo-only portfolio to plumb the depths here looking and probably miss on a couple trades. It's okay because we got out of 100% of the position on the first day of the market crash. So we'll put out feelers here and there. We'll take some positions. We'll manage our position size. In other market cycles, my position size might be bigger, right? In this market cycle, in the midst of a crash, I'll put some capital to work, but not as much. All right, so it's not an emotional situation today for that portfolio. It would never be. It's an algo portfolio. It trades basically on its own, okay? <laughs> but anyway, so no doubt we'll be out of those positions by the end of the day today is my guess because they're all through the stops. Also, Armor subscribers, please note, starting really now, you can go look at the Armor portfolios, armorreport.com, A-R-M-R, report.com. You can look at the portfolios. I'm telling you where I buy the stocks, the prices and the date, like I always did. But I'm going to be adding the stops so you know where we are if we're below a stop. I will update at the end of the day, as I always do. At the end of every business day, you'll see what's changed in the Armour portfolios as a subscriber. So you'll, you're going to have to manage a little bit on your own. I'm going to tell you what the stop is, but I can't guarantee what time of the day we get out. Okay, But at the end of the day, you'll know if I'm out or not. And at least you'll have an idea of what the threshold is of pain for us on every trade the minute we get into it. So you can help protect your own principle while we do it. Okay, um, so what's on the list after ETFs? The first step is to just get a piece of our capital to work in the S&P and the NASDAQ and the Dow and the small caps. Why would I do that? Because we've got huge alpha, right? We're dramatically outperforming the market averages. So the best thing to do is get some capital in the averages when we get an opportunity somewhere off the bottom. The second step is to own dividend payers. Look at what's going on with interest rates, guys. Right? They're, they're getting crushed. The Fed might cut rates again later this month. There's going to be economic stimulus packages. All of this ridiculousness is driving rates to a level that makes a dividend on a stock like AT&T and Verizon a no-brainer. And look at what Verizon's doing today. Now, I've been telling you guys this the last couple of weeks. I'm not saying to buy them. I'm not out there buying them. 
But I'm saying put it at the top of your wish list. And on a day like today, you could see, is Brett right? Look at Verizon. The stock is up almost 1% on the day with the market imploding. Market's down 5%. Verizon's almost up 1%. And AT&T is down two and three quarters with the S&P down five, right? So this is relative outperformance. Why do those stocks work? Because they're not affected by coronavirus and they're not affected by the price of oil. People are still on their cell phones. You know what I have at the top of my list that I've missed all the way up and now I might get a shot? American Tower, right? It's a REIT that's building out towers of cell phone, cell phone towers that's benefited by the 5G revolution. Is that changing because of coronavirus and energy? No. Stock's not down enough. I'm not buying it yet. But I'm talking about real, a real ass kicked in the market and a setup. Okay? Ass kicking is a technical term. <laughs> okay? Those are the stocks I'm going to go after. Now, I see some of you asking me. J.P. Morgan, Disney, Microsoft. Okay? Um, I'm going to go, no, this is my money now. Right? I'm not telling you what to do with yours. If you really believe in something, go do it. Right? This is YouTube. I can't possibly give you recommendations on stocks. We all understand that, right? But you're asking me, I'm going to look at it this way. I'm going to say, what would I do with my money? J.P. Morgan's not a choice for me. I don't want to bank at a point where interest rates are collapsing. This is about opportunity cost of money. It's not that J.P. Morgan stock won't go up when the whole market recovers. It will. But I, I wouldn't buy it from a dividend standpoint. There's other dividend stocks that to me from an opportunity cost of my money are better than a bank stock when interest rates are collapsing. Okay? Disney. Disney's a great idea, but look at the dividend. What is it, like 1.5%? It's not even close to enough. So from a pure dividend play, I might put Disney in a different category. Okay? I put Disney in the category of stocks that are oversold on coronavirus fears and earnings aren't going to be nearly as bad as people think when the coronavirus blows over. So you might be, you might be right on the money on that one. And I talked about that last week. I love Disney. But I'm talking about what are the first things I'm going to do on my desk when I think the bottom's in place? Buying dividend payers that are, are, are immune to what's going on in the world. Disney's not one of them. J.P. Morgan's not one of them. Microsoft is not one of them. Microsoft already came out pre-announced that we, we don't know what we're going to earn next quarter because of issues in the business. I love Microsoft. Getting a shot at Microsoft on the 200-day moving average is brilliant, but it's not the first stock I'm buying when I think of bottoms in. I want the dividend payers that are immune because let's say I'm wrong that the bottom is not quite in yet. Let's say the bottom takes six months. I want to collect the dividends, and I think those the stocks that I'm going to choose – I'm just going to tell you at the top of the list are AT&T and Verizon. I think those stocks catch cash. When people stop panicking, they're going to look around and say, there's no yield anywhere. Where can I get it? And let me tell you something else, guys. All that money that used to chase dividend in energy stocks is going to have to look somewhere else. Because until the dust settles, energy stocks are, are no Right? I told you guys on Saturday, I took Schlumberger and Occidental off of my whiteboard. I don't have any interest in an energy stock right now. Energy prices are plummeting, and I don't have any interest 
again, is an opportunity cost of money and risk. Hang on, guys. Yeah, talk to me. No, no. No, bid lower on it. Okay. Okay. Hello? No. Okay. <clears throat> Live trading desk. Sometimes I got to do that. Okay. Um, so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to order my thinking of where I want to go with money first. Some of these ideas you guys are throwing at me are good ideas. There's nothing wrong with them. But I'd rather focus on names that are immune to what the world is going on around me. And in fact, maybe benefit from it. Okay. Um, gosh, yeah. All right. Erez, I agree with you, right? Altria MO with an 8% dividend yield looks really tasty. That might be the top of my list. Okay. That's pretty much immune. They got their own issues. They got their own issues. Okay. Um, but maybe the stock is getting that those issues are priced in. Maybe. So maybe not a bad idea down here. Put that at the list. Okay. Um, okay. We'll get to gold in a minute. <clears throat> Let's get to gold in a minute. BP, again, British Petroleum, right? I don't have an interest in energy stocks. You can do it. You can do it. But I, I need safety at the moment. I think money is going to flow. I'm looking for long-term safety for the dividend part of my portfolio, and I don't want it attached to a commodity right now. We could talk about energy stocks later at a different point, but the first place I'm going, that's what I'm talking about today. Where do I go with money when I think the market's bottom? ETFs and the indexes to lock in alpha and dividend payers that are immune to all the craziness going on because I think that's where institutional money goes first. And you can see it going there in AT&T and Verizon today, Verizon particularly. Okay. So um, those are my thoughts there. Oh, let me add one more name before I move on. You've got to put AbbVie at the top of the list. Pharmaceutical company ABBV. Now, you all know who followed me from last year. We had a huge trade last year. We bought the stock around 70 it ran all the way up to like 98 or something. We're collecting a dividend yield of 6.8% when it was trading at 70. Stock's pulling back. It's trading at 87 right now, so it's not even down that much. AbbVie announced today that they, in, along with the FDA, are starting a trial where they're applying their HIV drugs to see if they will cure people of coronavirus. It's very possible. I've read some anecdotal information that HIV antiviral drugs can work. So there's a win-win. That's almost like our Gilead position. I think Gilead is the number one name, but AbbVie with a nice yield after stock getting whacked, that's the place I want to go. Dividend yield of 5.6% now on AbbVie. That's right. When we were buying it last year, it was like 6.8. Um, I don't want rideshare stocks, my friend. I don't want rideshare stocks. However long coronavirus lasts, I think it affects rideshare stocks. But I, look, I'm not telling you what to do. If you love an idea, go do it. Go do it. But I'm trying to order my trading desk on, on as I said, opportunity cost of money. In mayhem like this, everything starts to look cheap. So what I have to do is high grade the portfolio and find the best names and find the names that I think will attract institutional capital first. 
the biggest pools of capital first. Guys who are looking for yield and safe yield until the dust settles. Okay? All right. Let's move on to um, gold and silver real quick. I've released all my silver positions, and I'm adding to my gold positions. Gold is not up a lot right now. Okay? It was up 1.5% overnight. It's not up a lot right now. Someone wants to ask me, why isn't the price of gold going up? Well, it's attached to futures. It's attached to the GLD ETF. I think in an environment when you're having um, basically margin calls and a market crash, weird things happen. So it doesn't make you wrong to think that gold will go up. It, it will. But on a day-to-day -day basis, it'll do whatever it wants based on margin calls and insanity. So if you've got a guy who, as an example, a guy with an equity portfolio that's getting crushed, he's on margin still for some crazy reason, he's still on margin, and he owns GLD in his portfolio, he's selling everything to raise cash to pay down his margin debt. And when he sells his GLD, it puts pressure on them. Same thing with futures, a futures portfolio. The guy's getting wrecked everywhere. He might sell his gold position because it's not down yet to help pay for the other positions that he wants to hold on to. Who knows? On an intraday basis, all kinds of craziness happens. So what I'll look to do is add the precious metal gold, the bullion itself, through, through I like to use Sprott Physical Gold, P-H-Y-S is the symbol. Not buying it right now, but that's what I'm looking to add. I'm not buying the gold stocks right now, right? I told you I bought a little bit. I bought a little bit for myself on Friday, and I wish I didn't, right? It's why I didn't add it to any of the armor portfolios, okay? You, you've got to be protecting assets until the dust settles. You've got to stop worrying about catching the bottom or what if it's up huge by the end of the day today. It doesn't matter. When this volatility subsides and you get structure again in the market – then you can start putting capital to work and there's more than enough opportunity to make money. Okay. Moving on. Um, any questions about gold? Anybody, any gold questions for me? No. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so Gilead real quick. I just wanted to mention this real quick. We, we talked about this a lot on Saturday. So if you missed that uh, a video, please just go watch that stream. I'm not going to go over how to set up um, risk management strategies for Gilead again. But um, first of all, the stock's down a bit today because another analyst downgraded it. I love that. But today was RBC Capital Management. Um, they downgrade the stock. I love it. Every analyst out there, with the exception of Evercore ISI, is downgrading the stock and saying it's you know not the right name to own for whatever ridiculous reason. Most of the time they say the drug could be successful, but it won't change their business. They're clueless. It will dramatically change their business, in my opinion. The Evercore guy, why was the stock up so big Friday? Because the Evercore analyst, he's got it right. And this is what he said I thought was interesting. And tell me if it sounds familiar. He said that last week, Gilead and the FDA started trials in the U.S. for coronavirus. He believes anecdotally that that means the FDA and Gilead know that the trial that's going on in China is working and they want to start ramping up here. 
in his opinion, the FDA would never agree to something so fast if they didn't already see efficacy. This is what I've been saying for a month. We bought Gilead in the low 60s, right? 62 and change, 63, 64, 65, right? Depending on where you added it, when you were listening to me. Stock ran to 80. I told you, if the phase three trials were successful, the stock would start going up before the news came out because there's just no way in the midst of an acute panic to keep the lid on the fact that people are going into that Wuhan, China, Japan, friendship hospital and coming out 24 or 48 hours later. And then I didn't even think of this, but the Evercore ISI analyst thinks that the fact that the FDA and Gilead are ramping up and starting a trial right now in, su in, in such rapid fashion would only happen if they know anecdotally and they're seeing some proof coming out of China that it works. So, look, I don't know who's going to be right. I don't know. This is not a stock promotion. I don't want you to run out and buy it now. We were buying it in the low 60s. So what we've got now is risk on our gains. So we're trying to manage the gains, the risk on gains. I'm not chasing the stock here. But I do think that there's massive upside if it works. There, I said it. Okay, let's move on. Um, let's talk cannabis real quick. I wanted this to be the cannabis couch today. I want to do that every Monday. Every Monday should be the cannabis couch, I think. Don't you agree? We have to start looking at the space. I mean, th these stocks have been trashed with the market, and it's a gift. So here's my thinking. I want to just go over it again since we haven't spoken in a while. The top of my leaderboard has to be canopy growth. Now, I see people on Twitter get upset with me when I say this, and they talk about how bad the product is, blah, blah, blah. You're missing the point. Humbly, I humbly, this is my humble opinion. Not telling you what to do, what to buy. I'm just saying. It's the institutional favorite. When you're investing in stocks, you're looking at a group, you can identify where institutionals put capital. Those stocks usually lead. Now, your opinions about the product of one cannabis company or another will be worth something later in the cycle. But coming off of a massive bear market bottom, institutions will put money into the companies that are most financially viable. That means companies with the most amount of cash. I like what the new CEO is doing at Canopy. He took a massive write-off. That's what we're looking for. It's like $700 million. And I think over half of that was not related to the inventory. It was other write-offs, which is what they should do. Write off everything in the kitchen sink. That clears the deck to allow the company to start having better-than-expected earnings announcements over the next X amount of quarters. And Wall Street eats that stuff up. That's how investors, institutional investors, put capital to work. So I said the last time we spoke, I'd like to own that stock on or after, depending on how risk-averse I want to be or if I want to be 
risky. I might buy some in front of the earnings announcement and then double it. That's probably what I'll do. I'll get a piece on before the earnings announcement and then I'll double it or triple it, depending on what they say. So that's next quarter. I think Kronos has to still be on the list, although I don't like the fact that they that they can't announce their financials. So I'm not touching the stock until I see how that shakes out. Um, one of you guys asked me about, I think, OGI. Is that right? I think I saw OGI. I love OGI's technology. I don't like their financial situation. Um, Charlotte's Web. Look, the stock is just in an unbelievable implosion, but let's don't forget this. And so the answer is, I like Charlotte's Web. It's back on the leaderboard for me. The stock is down so much. I still think it has a pedigree management team. And I spoke about this a couple of live streams ago, but it bears repeating. And by the way, Armor, Invest, Armor subscribers, Armor insiders, you could go to the website again and look at my cannabis coverage because I update there things that I think are really important. And I put it on the list last week. The FDA chief, the commissioner, made a comment recently. She's just going like, to bother me the whole time. Okay. The, the commissioner said that they are not going to try to put the genie back in the bottle. They're not going to say you can't sell CBD oil or CBD supplements or CBD whatever. But they are going to figure out how to close the information gap. Those are his, a paraphrase, his exact words. So the biggest risk on Charlotte's Web that the FDA might come out and say you can't sell edibles is probably off the table. I mean, the commissioner just said it. So that risk is off the table. Now, they might miss their next earnings announcement because it's taken the FDA so long to come out with guidelines. But in the farm bill of Q4, I think it was October, in that farm bill, it stated the FDA had to make an announcement by the end of March. So we're right in that time. They've got to come out with some announcement of how they're going to handle hemp CBD sales in the U.S. And that's really all we need to see is a basic framework of what they're going to say. And that will allow retailers to start selling edibles. And that's a huge win for Charlotte's Web. Hello? Uh, okay. Uh, let, me, let me give you a call back. Just give me like 10 minutes. Oh, okay. Bye. Okay. Um, so, so it's on my list again. I have to watch it. I don't think I'd step into it in front of earnings because I think it, they're not going to be that great right now. But I do like the direction of the FDA. Um, ACB. Do you think ACB is... Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to buy ACB. I mean, I don't know. What do I know, right? I mean, we're just this is just conjecture here. I don't think ACB is going to get bought out. Um, they'll probably. I don't think they'll liquidate either. It's a it's a good company that's in a cash crunch. They'll have to do some type of capital raise. It won't be good for shareholders, but long term the company probably makes it. That's my just that's my thirty thousand feet guess on that stock. I don't know, I don't, so don't take that for gospel. Okay. Um, Oh, Erez, again, you're hitting the mark. I forgot to add that to the top of my list of stocks I'm going to buy, dividend-paying stocks. Let's go back to that part of the conversation. 
dividend-paying stocks when I think the market's bottomed, the number one stock got to be Innovative Properties. We booked a huge gain in that stock already this year. We booked a huge gain in the cannabis stock. We bought it the 31st of last year, right? December 31st, we put it in the portfolio. Stock rocketed higher. We booked a gain, a pretty stout, something like 20, 20, what, 28, 30% gain in the position. And it's coming all the way back down. That's a gift. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Thanks for reminding me. Definitely on the list. All right, guys, I appreciate your time with me. Let's talk about this again on, uh, on Wednesday. I, I like to tell you what I'm going to discuss, but you know, who knows what the market's doing. I think we have to just keep having these conversations so you know where my thoughts are. Okay, okay, last question. Bank of America or uh, Microsoft? Again, I'm not buying bank stocks in this market. It's an opportunity cost of money for me. I'd rather buy other companies that, uh, whose business model is not crushed by interest rates imploding. Okay, Microsoft I love. I just got to find the right entry point into it. They do have some issues with the supply chain. So Microsoft is down here on the list. AT&T and Verizon and Innovative Properties are higher on the list from a dividend paying uh, um, perspective. But when I think this coronavirus has you know, run its course and the market is, has bottomed, you've got to have Microsoft at the top of your list. Shot at Microsoft on the 200-day moving average is a no-brainer, right? So these are part of the whiteboard right now. This is not about running out there and buying it today, okay? You don't have to call the bottom here. If you're in a big cash position, which hopefully, if you've been watching this channel, you are, then we have time to put capital to work. The bottom's not going to happen in one day. I think everyone's afraid of this V-shaped rally because we've seen it for so many years. All right, that's over. There's not going to be a V-shaped rally. Okay, I think we've seen that now. So we could take our time, do our homework, wait for the bottom to set in, put capital to work. All right, guys, you take care of yourselves. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you guys. It helps me out having these conversations. I look forward to seeing you guys again on Wednesday. Take care.